0: Welcome to the 73rd episode of Warriors Off-Court, the San Francisco Chronicles NBA podcast. I'm your host, Warriors beat writer Connor Letourneau, and today I'm joined by sports columnists Scott Osler and Ann Killian. Scott and Ann have been with me all season, and they were on site with me in Toronto for Game 5 of the NBA Finals. Late Monday night, Scott and Ann sat down with me in Scotiabank Arena's Lower Bowl to break down Golden State's Game 5 win and the news that Kevin Durant suffered an Achilles injury. What could this mean for his future with the team? We'll have our conversation right after the break. On Monday, Scott Osler and Ann Killian sat down with me in Scotiabank Arena's lower bowl. Scott and Ann, we're back in familiar confines at this point. uh, The lower bowl of Scotiabank Arena after I was about to say entertaining, but I'm not sure entertaining is is the right word. Uh, Emotional, draining, riveting. Those are better adjectives to describe what unfolded tonight in Toronto. Absolutely stunning on a lot of different levels. Uh, Warriors pulled out a a 106-105 win in Game 5 of the NBA Finals to keep this series alive, to keep the Warriors' season alive, and potentially keep the Warriors' dynasty alive. Game 6 will be thursday at oracle arena one at least one more there will definitely be one more game back in oakland um so the warriors have a chance to make sure that the last voices heard in that arena are not those of raptors fans screaming oh canada um there's a lot to dive into with this one but i'll just start with this um what do you think about the warriors in game six at home without kevin durant uh just just to kind of Touch on it real quick, as I'm sure all the, the listeners know. Kevin Durant suffered an Achilles injury in the second quarter, obviously done for this series. The bigger question is his future. But getting to the game at the game at hand, what do you think about the Warriors' chances in Game Six at home without Durant?
1: I think they're good. The the one the worst they've looked in the series, obviously by far, was the game when they played without Clay and without Durant, and they looked badly overmatched. And if that was the crew they ran out run out there for. Game six, they'd be in trouble, but they got Clay back, and so, yeah, I like their chances. That's the team they played with for three quarters tonight, even minus Looney, and they more than acquitted themselves, so I think they're up to the task. They'd rather have Durant back. My God, look at the way he played tonight. That was a classic example of what they wanted from Durant and hoped to get when they initially got him, but they don't have that, but I think they got a lot of emotion, a lot of good stuff going for him.
2: Yeah, I think um, I think the whole tenor of the series has shifted. I think you know, in a weird way, even though they're still up three to two, the pressure is on the Raptors now. They they really could have won this game tonight. They they kind of um, choked at the end. They looked tight. Their fans got tight, uh, and and they they couldn't put it away. And I think there's going to be such, I think emotions are going to be at a fever pitch on Thursday night. Not only because it is absolutely, really, definitively the last game ever at Oracle, but also the emotions surrounding this team right now. If you could have seen the way they they walked out of this building tonight, they were weeping. They're, they're flushed with emotion. They look like they'd lost even though they'd won, I think, I think they're gonna be emotional. They're gonna feed off the crowd. I think the crowd is gonna understand, you know, how emotional this loss of Durant is. Um, I just think it's gonna be a really, really intense game. And I think that works in the Warriors' uh, favor. And I also think there's kind of a, I sensed, I've sensed it before, but I really sensed tonight, there's kind of an FU quality right now. Like Steph said, to someone who said, "Oh, you guys are so resilient. Why are you so resilient?" was the question. And he said, "You know, I think we're done proving to people what we're all about." And I think that that's kind of the feeling. Like, look, we've lost Durant twice now, and we are still alive, and we're, you know, in a game 6 of the NBA Finals and stop doubting us. So, I think there's I think there's a lot that's going to be going on in game 6. I think it's going to be pretty epic.
0: Steve Kerr had a quote pre-game that feels really uh, poignant now he he said what he learned from their two experiences being up 3-1 and then being down 3-1 in a a playoff series is that one game game can change the entire tenor of a series one game can change everything And I think that's like Ann said what happened tonight Um, it's hard to imagine that the Raptors feel I mean, they're obviously excited because they have a chance to win a title, but they can't feel good about the fact that they let this one get away. They were up six uh, with about two and a half minutes left in the game. The Warriors finished the game on a 9-2 run. Big shots from Steph, big shots from Clay to pull this one out. Um, Kyle Lowry missed a last-second heave that, that bounced off the side of uh, the backboard. So... Um, where, where do you think, what do you think about where the Raptors stand right now? And how do you think, what do you think of their ability to weather this, this blow?
1: Oh, I definitely think they, they have the capability to weather because they're still veteran guys. You know, you look at all the guys down the line, the guys that have been in the finals and stuff, and they're, I don't think they're, they're chokeable guys. But there's an emotional factor in this thing, and I think it was the old Denny Green quote, they, the Raptors must be thinking about the Warriors. They are who we thought they were. In other words, they saw the character and five year heart and soul of everything the Warriors have put out there. They saw that on display tonight. And that's got to be a little bit daunting. And <laughs> I'm not say scary because I don't think the Raptors are scared, but uh, I think they have a whole different reality staring them in the face right now.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the reality of the situation is outside of the three point shooting, the Raptors played a pretty good game. You know, they, they shot 44.7% from the field. They limited themselves to 13 turnovers. Um, the problem really was, and they I think they, overall they pre- played pretty good defense. The big difference tonight was beyond the arc. The Warriors shot 20 for 42 from three-point range, while the Raptors shot just eight for 32. Now, it feels like this whole series has gone down to the three-point line because the Warriors had or sorry, the Raptors had hit more three-pointers in the three wins that they had entering this game, and now the Warriors have the series back at 3-2, and then both of those wins
1: had more threes than the Raptors. Yeah, and who got the whole thing started? I think it was was that guy named uh, Durant. He hit his his first three three three-pointers, I believe. I know he hit the first two, but um, he came out smoking and kind of set the tone, and that was kind of a... You felt something happening right off. And obviously that emotion and Durant's performance carried all the way through. But uh, that was big that he came out so hot right from the start.
0: Yeah, and to build off that, he has that really hot start. And then early in the second quarter, um, laces a dribble through his legs, goes goes to drive left against Serge Ibaka, collides with Ibaka, and then comes up hopping and falls, crumbles to the floor grabbing his – Lower right leg now I, I think a lot of us assumed that it was his his calf injury because that was the the issue entering the game. Uh, ended up finding out later it was worst case scenario. It was a little bit lower. It was an Achilles tendon. Now a calf injury, a serious calf injury you're looking at maybe a month out tops. Uh, a serious, uh, an Achilles tear, potentially, Uh, you're looking at six to eight month recovery. And this is a guy who's potentially entering free agency. Uh, A lot of questions loom there. Um, What was both of your reactions when you saw Durant go down?
2: It just seemed kind of surreal. I mean, they, in the space of an hour, they got Durant back After all this, you know, a month of speculation, a month of micro analyzing what was happening, what was in his head, what was going on with the trainers, why wasn't he being cleared, all this stuff that was going on. He comes back and he looks like there's no rust at all. He's Kevin Durant. You know who I am. You know, the, I mean, he, he was everything they needed. And you could tell at the arena, the people in the arena were going, uh-oh, like, holy crap, here we go. You know, Kevin Durant's back. This is the team that was advertised. And then it lasted a quarter, and at the beginning of the second quarter, down he goes, and not only down, down he goes again, but it, it ends up that it's 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 more devastating than the last injury, um, apparently. And so it's just, it was almost surreal. You know, I, we were sitting there and watched him leave, Uh, During the third quarter, leave the arena on crutches in a walking boot. um, And just I think the swing of emotions, I think the fact that he's been under such scrutiny, the fact that he, you know, gutted it out and tried to play when clearly, you know, I mean, if it was different circumstances, he probably would have taken another several weeks to to make sure it was completely healed. Um, and then to, to have it go so wrong is just, you know, it it was almost a surreal kind of thing. And it's just, you know, his teammates are gutted for him. Bob Myers is, was just devastated. And you have to feel terrible. I mean, this guy is one of, the, you know, maybe the greatest player in the league. And now he's in the same position that Boogie Cousins was a, a year ago with, you know, even if someone else signs him, he's still going to not be the face of a franchise for at least a year. I mean, if if this is an Ach- Achilles tear, which is kind of what we're assuming from the early reports. But, um, yeah, the whole thing was, was very shocking, you know, a gut punch to the team. The fact that they rallied and won this game when they were all basically, like, in tears about it um, and so emotional is, is pretty amazing, I think.
1: Making a... Making it worse um, was I, I thought, you know, over, over the last three years with Durant here, we've seen a lot of games where he's his individual performance as carried to Warriors. We've seen games where he's been kind of a, a, a not so much part of the deal. We've seen some games where he, the, the chemistry has been there. But tonight, I thought in the first quarter, he not only was brilliant, but the team was working brilliantly. Steph I think uh, Durant's first two threes, Steph Curry assisted on, on kick, Uh, driving kicks and so he was looking for curry and they were working together at all and it wasn't wasn't durant going one-on-one by himself as some people you know don't like that it it was kind of the warriors at their best and finding their whole rhythm and sync and flow and all that stuff and then boom it was gone tell me if if i was alone in this thought but i was
0: i fully expected them to to respond well at least initially to Durant's absence they went on that nice run and then the one thing about this Raptors team is that throughout this series they have responded to every single Warriors run They're masters at withstanding runs and and unleashing them right back on the opponent and that's what they did they closed uh, they closed the first half on a 17-10 rally to, I believe cut the deficit to six at halftime And my thought at halftime was there's no way the Warriors can pull this out because obviously the Raptors want to win at home. They're fueled by the home crowd. They're, they're, they feel like they're on a mission. They have the depth. They have all everything it takes. And the Warriors just simply without Durant don't seem to have the manpower. Yet when push came to shove in those, those
1: crucial moments late in the fourth quarter, the Warriors hit the shots and they made the stops. I wouldn't say I felt there was no way. I would say I felt it was pretty damn slim way. And uh, one thing I think you have to give credit to is the Warriors' defense down. And uh, you know, and talked about how the Raptors didn't do well offensively down the stretch in the key moments. And I think part of that you got to chalk up to the Warriors' defense. They just they they gutted it out and they came through when they had to.
2: Iguodala was great uh, you know he wasn't great offensively but he was great defensively down the stretch and you've got to totally give credit to Boogie Cousins because he came in when Durant went out and and after the last two games that he had where he was really a liability and you really wondered and he, he, he didn't start the game and you wondered what kind of minutes he would even get tonight um, after such a rough game four and he came in and was great. I mean, he scored seven points in two minutes and, uh, and, and steadied the ship and, uh, and all of a sudden, uh, he looked like a different player. It's, uh, we've talked on this podcast before about him being erratic and, you know, you're not sure what you're going to get from him, but they got really good DeMarcus Cousins tonight. And again, um, I don't know how erratic it's going to be, but, but that's something that they can look for going into game six. I, I, You know, these these guys, it's so cliche, but, you know, heart of a champion, all that. But they are. I mean, Steph and Clay and Andre and Draymond together and then whoever you add into that fifth slot, they they know how to win big games. And, yes, they've usually been in control. They've usually been playing from ahead. They've usually dominated. But they also have been in tough ones before. and, And, you know, they know how to do it. So... It's it's a whole new ball game now. It's a very interesting series.
0: Yeah, you know, one thing I said, one thing I said a couple days ago is, if the Warriors don't have Durant, they need Cousins to step up, because just given you look at given their roster, given the scoring option they options they have, they they need a four time All Star to look like a four time All Star. And the funny thing about it is, when Durant got the start and started playing. My thought was Cousins is probably not even going to play tonight
1: exactly. because he
0: didn't he didn't start the second quarter like he has been. Right, And
1: I think if not for the Durant injury, he might not even have even played. That's the same thought I had. And there was a TV shot of him early in the game sitting on the bench, and he looked very downcast. And I'm not saying that's the way he felt, but that's certainly what, what it looked like in his face. And, and the feeling was that uh, this guy has seen his last taste of the finals. And honestly, deservedly
0: so. The guy was downright atrocious in the last two games. Yet, you know, give him credit. 14 points on six for eight shooting. Um, you know, he, he got in some foul trouble, but overall, I thought he, he more than did his job. And of course, the story for, for tonight is Durant, but Kevon Looney got injured again, re, re aggravated his chest injury. Um, and that is, potentially significant because this is a guy who has been their most reliable center all season um he didn't have a great game before he got injured but he did some of the little things that that he's known for doing uh he did say post game that it is the type of injury that he can't really make it worse so it's just a matter of can he deal with the pain and he plans to deal with the pain so it sounds like he'll probably play probably play game six but you got to think this guy has a fractured you know, has a fractured collarbone he he might I mean not, not necessarily collarbone it's, it's actually his sternum but it's hard to exactly describe where it is but he has a fractured bone and uh, so it's pretty darn painful uh, and if he can play through that you know props to him because that's that's I'm not sure I could
1: yeah and uh, I'm just looking at the box score here but uh, you know it's it's the core three guys that kind of came through tonight because we haven't mentioned Draymond Green much tonight but Came close to a uh, triple double and had some pretty significant moments, and and was again the leader of that defense that clamped down at the end, despite the fact that he got a stupid technical foul, which was there's no excuse for that. But two three pointers, yeah, and he hit two three pointers, you know, and it looked like he would never the rest of his life hit another three pointer,
0: yeah. And I, I just one thing I, I found interesting post game was, um. One of the one of the reporters from Shenzhen, which is the Chinese TV station, asked what I thought was a very good question to Clay Thompson, which was basically all season long. There's been talk about how it's the Warriors and KD, the Warriors and KD, and how there's this disconnect and how he's kind of a separate entity from the rest of the team. You know, does tonight kind of reinforce that? How not? How does that kind of debunk how untrue that narrative is. And I, I thought that was just a really apt question to ask.
1: Yeah, I, I think it not only debunked a lot of that stuff among us outsiders and observers and experts and all that stuff, but uh, I think it's a strong possibility it changed somewhat the picture, the dynamic within the team. And whatever feelings of alienation Durant might have felt, and we don't know what those are, but if he did, and whatever feelings the team might have felt, like, when is Durant going to come back? those seemed to all go out the window and it became this massive brotherhood love fest which is despite the injury that's a that's a good very good thing
2: yeah i mean that you don't get much more poignant images than andre iguodala helping him down the hall and steph trailing behind when steph was still in the game you know i mean it was uh they were in the middle of the second quarter and fighting, you know, fighting to stay alive and Steph Steph was asked about that and he said, you know, I didn't even really think about it, I just did what, you know, sometimes you do what the spirit says to do and he just went down there and then eventually of course he he got back but um, you could could see the raw emotion on his face when he got back on the bench and I mean just the whole thing um, was very intense, you know there was a lot of talk on social media about the fans reaction here with them cheering when Durant went down, now I will... Obviously, the microphones picked it up and the images of Toronto fans waving goodbye to Durant. But, you know, we're talking about a couple hundred fans in a in a, in a arena of 19,000. So it certainly was not everyone in the arena. But credit Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka and Danny Green for turning around and saying to their fans, like, cool it. You know, that is so uncool because, you know, as Kyle Lowry said, this is a brotherhood. They all it's not just team against team it's they all consider themselves they all know that that could be them at any moment so i think um it was it was just a really emotional night overall for for kind of for everyone
0: yeah and there there was a, understandably a lot made of of bob Myers press conference he was very emotional fighting back tears um after giving the news of the achilles injury he went on a pretty passionate defense of Durant and said he's one of the most misunderstood people I've ever seen. He is such a good teammate, such a good person. Um, And anyone who questioned whether or not he really wanted to play tonight was completely wrong because, I mean, he showed that. He, He risked not only... Not only his season, but he risked his future. I mean, as we as we all know, anyone who has followed this team and has read up on the injury because of uh, because of Demarcus Cousins, we all know that, uh, especially in the latter stages of your prime, it's really hard to come back from an Achilles. It can derail your entire career. It can end careers. Kobe. Kobe. Um, the only. The only all-star caliber player who's ever actually been better after an Achilles is Dominique Wilkins um but there's a ton of examples of guys uh Tony or sorry you said Kobe there's um Patrick Ewing uh, I'm trying to think of some others but a lot of guys um Sherman. Richard Sherman uh, DeMarcus Cousins um and and so that could be that could be KD's reality and it's because he wanted to help his team in an el- in an elimination game, and uh, it's it's you can't you can't make this stuff up. I mean, this is just like there's gonna be a movie made about this about this night someday.
1: Yeah, and and like I said, this kind of changes our feeling about what the dynamic was with Durant and the team, and and it I think it changes the whole picture of Durant's future. I think you know he I don't think he's ever been completely sure what he's gonna do. I don't yeah. think he made up his mind, solidified his future plans, and So, what he saw tonight from from these guys, and the fact that he gave, sacrificed his his leg and maybe his future for these guys, I got to think that now there's a better chance that he will come back next year as a as a warrior.
0: Yeah, I don't want to get too much into the free agency stuff, but the reality is, it doesn't hurt the Warriors that their last, you know. Their last his last memory before making that decision is going to be the team rallying around him and being there for him in his time of need so I'll just leave it at that um, there, this, there's going to be tons more to unpack tomorrow, the next day uh, obviously we have a game 6, there's a chance we might be back for game 7, who knows yeah, they're cleaning uh, the arena right now just in case, right just in case So uh, as always stay locked and loaded at sfchronicle.com we will all have uh, plenty of stories up there in, in coming hours. I want to thank Scott Osler and Ann Killian for joining me on the podcast. It's always fun chatting Warriors with them. Warriors Off Court is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter at con underscore cron and email me at claterno at sfchronicle.com. Support Warriors Off Court and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.